That's well, good morning. Once again, if I happen to have missed you earlier, my name is Wayne. I'm the pastor here at DCC. And uh, I, I love we're just beginning to engage the season of summer. I don't know some of you think differently, but uh, I love the summer season and uh, everything that it brings. Uh, I love warm weather and being outside and all those. And then we have Go Jersey City happening this weekend. And it just kind of all these things kicking off. My kids will be finishing school soon, which is a huge celebration in our house. And, and so... Uh, we'll all probably celebrate them going back to school this fall, but you know, <laughs> but uh, we love getting them back, so to speak, and I love seeing them engage in freedom and all those different things that come with summer. And I know some of you are making plans, and so this is great. Uh, this, this next several weeks, you know, we'll be. Uh, in go this weekend. Next Sunday, we'll celebrate together, and then. After that, we'll be engaging in a seven-week series called Win, and I can't wait for that. And so there's a lot of great things coming up this summer. But today, I want to take an opportunity. Uh, this is, is important. It's important, and this is, I don't have many Sundays to do this, as funny as that sounds, if you plan ahead. But to talk about giving financially and why we do it and why it's so important. Uh, if you're new here at DCC, we don't talk about it too much. We don't p- push giving hard here. And one of our goals here, and this is on purpose, one of our goals is that we, that we want to create a safe place for people to come and find their way back to God. And we want to break down as many barriers as we can. And this is something that the, the church has not engaged well throughout history, I would say. Uh, but we, so we don't want that to be the focal point of who we are. Um, but we do ask you to give. At the end of our service, we talk about that. And so we mention it each week. And so because of that, it would also be irresponsible to just to not talk about giving and how it impacts you and, and actually how we use the money. And so for me to ask you to give, and, you know, just and simply just be like, you know, trust us. You should just give. You know, we're like, you can smile real big. You're like, that's not, you know, that would not be okay. And so especially if you are new, uh, it's more important than ever really to talk about the why, the how, and the what. Because it, for us, it's, it's connected to the heart of who we are. It's not just about the financial side of things. It's also about, about how we follow God and, uh, and, and the heart really of who we are. So this is, this is a, a practical conversation that's very important. Uh, but if this, so this is your first time here today or you're new with us, this will actually be helpful. Because you eventually, you're going to wonder about this over time. And, and, and one of our natural responses, if we feel connected and our hearts are engaged, that we will give. Uh, and, and that's something that we like to do. But you're going to wonder about that over time. And so it's important for you to know this. And you'll be glad to know, if, especially if you're new here, the pressure's off. And, and so, and then when you decide to give, you'll have confidence or hopefully greater confidence than before, and you understand the heart of, of it all. And so I want to talk about why we give. Uh, you know, there's how, how, we, how to give, how we do it, and, um, but what we do with it. What do we do with your giving and the impact? Those are all really important things that, that you would want to know. And I want to tie this to Jesus' words to us. And this is, this is absolutely tied as well and important to talk about as we head into Go Jersey City. Because giving is not just about the money thing. It is a reflection of how our hearts are aligned. And so when we serve, 
when we pour out and do an event like this coming this weekend, it's, 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 it's all tied together. It's a reflection of, of, of who God is and how he gave to us and how we just lovingly give back. And so when we engage in that way, it's, 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 it's transformational to our lives and it's really fun. And so in my personal story of just managing my money and all these different things, I, I remember being in college or at the very end of college and graduating wasn't that long ago. And, but I remember I got myself into a tough situation financially and I just, I remember just being so overwhelmed and, and it felt like my life was just, everything was going wrong. And I think I I remember I read some book that was literally like something like, uh, you know, bad things happen to Christians or, you know, bad, you know, bad thing. Why, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, something like that. And, and it was literally, and honestly, when I look back on that, it was because I made some dumb decisions financially. Right. So I I put myself in that position and uh, it had nothing to do with any, like, like, yeah, Jesus says it rains. Jesus says you will have trouble. And we've seen the scriptures, it rains on the just and the unjust, you know? And so those principles are true. But there's also a principle, if you read through Proverbs, if you're a fool, you're going to suffer consequences. So, you know, that's actually what was happening to me. But I, I eventually did find great wisdom and was encouraged to be wise with my finances. I, I was taught to give to God, but I was never taught the other side of that is like, you need to be a good manager of your money. And so I, I, I began to do that. And I was encouraged, like I, I needed a car and someone was like, you need to just don't go into debt, but do everything you can to to stay away from that. And so in sharing this story, I found this really, really old car that ran. And this is the beginning of my journey. And I remember it did not have AC. Uh, and I lived in an area of the country at the time that was very hot in the summer. Um, it was an interesting vehicle to take somebody out on a date on. Uh, where I lived, you needed a car to get around. Uh, but I just began to make a plan for how I would one day be able to get out of debt and, you know, with college and everything. And my current wife, Erin, who was leading us earlier, our, our first date, and I think I've shared this story before, but our first date, I was working, she lived in Boston, I lived in Rhode Island, I was working at a church, and it was, I was brand new in, in, in my career, and didn't have much money. I was in a field, you know, going into church work, I don't know if you knew this, it's not known for like it's high, like, you know, you know, there's Wall Street and then there's a couple other positions and then there's pastors, a um, couple others. Yeah. I, so uh, in our communication of, of, of hanging out, I just let her know, listen, I don't have, I don't know if I said it this plainly, but I don't have any money. So, like, we, we've got to do this on, on the cheap. And so it was great because she was like, well, this is phenomenal because, and, I, and if, I, if this is too recent of a story, but my apologies. But in Boston, like, the drinking's been a problem, all right? And so they're not allowed to have happy hour in Boston. And uh, so some of you who've lived there know what I'm talking about. So happy hour's there. It's all about the food. They just reversed it. You know, there's always a way around everything. And so she's like, well, you're in luck. And so we went to a restaurant in downtown, and the burgers were like a dollar. Like, all the food was a dollar. And so she's like, we're good. <laughs> and that's how I should have known right at the moment that she's mine. So like, listen, I, I'm not going into a career for the money. And that was a, a, an immediate clue that she wasn't either. And, and so that was important for me. Uh, I didn't get it, by the way, the first time around, as crazy as that sounds. But yeah, 
And I, but I was taking step. I was being disciplined to work myself out of debt, and it was great. And so, but one thing I did during, during that time was I also gave financially to God. And so I would give a percentage of what I, of my income, as little as it was, I would still give. And practically, that doesn't make sense. What you would say, if you look at it and lay it out on paper, it's like, listen, do everything you can. If that's your goal, then to knock that out, then you can give. Like, and so, you, you, know, you know, then you can do greater things down the road. But it doesn't, it doesn't typically work that way. It's really interesting. Even if you lay that out as a plan and do the, you know, what would make sense on paper, it's incredibly hard to actually follow that. And what's fascinating is studies back this up. Like total secular studies, not tied to religion or anything like that. It, it shows how, how money is connected to our hearts. So, you know, and I, you know, living here in the New York City area for, for a long time now, we're always connected to finance, and we've, we've had people in our church. And I remember in the very beginning of our church, there was someone who, who uh, helped instruct others financially, was a financial advisor. And I would watch this person make foolish decisions for their own life and do things of like, that actually doesn't make sense financially. And we were like, isn't that weird? Like someone who's advising, well, will you be, part of it you would say, well, you probably shouldn't trust that advisor. And those scenarios do happen. But that person wasn't necessarily giving on like bad advice. But when it comes to your personal finances, your heart is involved. Your heart is involved. And it makes it different. So we, we're better at helping managing other people's money than our own because of that. So studies show that, that there's a mindset that takes root when somebody gives a percentage of their money. And they, they studied this first. They, it means that they have a plan, that they thought about it. And so they're actually managing their money wisely. But it's also beginning to reflect their heart. It's pulling them away from greed. Debt is a symptom of greed and selfishness. It can be a tool. I, you know, as many of you will gladly come and tell me about these things when we're done. I get that. But it's unending. And so giving is something that comes from gratitude. And it really, it's a way of life. And so this is a principle I just wanted to throw out there today for us. This is so key for us to understand that giving is a way of life. A position that you operate out of. Now, I just want to say right now, you don't have to give to this church. I'm not saying here today that if you, like, this is up to you, and I'll share that later. But this is just for you personally. If you never come back here again, this is important for you to know. If you don't believe in God, this is something that is true. You can test this, but giving is a way, it's a position that you operate out of. And it, it will change what you do. I know many people who never got out of debt, never actually moved forward financially until they began to give in their life. And it, it's fascinating. So today I am out of debt and it's been very impactful for me, especially being able to live in this city. And when we, to, to, on the journey to start this church eight years ago, it was something that was really important to that. And I'm really thankful for God's provision in that way. And when I look back on how I went about it, I don't regret the giving that I did. What I do regret is the debt that I had, those credit cards and the t-shirts that I got in college and all those, all those types of things. So uh, I see how it held me back, stunted my goals. But I'm also thankful for the wisdom that I gained. 
and I'm still learning. Like, I don't always get this, get this right. Uh, so giving is powerful. It connects, it connects to your heart and your mind. And I believe that you were made to do this. And God knows you and what's best for you. And it's, it's part of how we experience him. And it's part of how we impact the world through this. So even if you don't know God, these, the practical principles of giving will dramatically leverage you towards your goals. It's, it's pretty interesting. So before you ever give to us, <laughs> it's important for you to know what we do with our giving. So some of you have been, are new and you've been giving and you've taken those steps. Well, this is us important. But here's what we do. So the first thing is we are 100% supported by those who attend DCC. So it does cost money to, be, to exist as a church. And, and this, is, this is said to me every year. And, and people just assume people want to help churches out in this city and give spaces to us and all those different things. And that actually isn't true. Uh, now, some people do love our church and all those different things, but we have to rent the space. So we rent this space from Nimbus. But it would also be unresponsible for us to just go around demanding that we be given spaces for free because this is a tough place to live financially. And so we love that we can give to Nimbus. And I love being in this facility because of it is a nonprofit organization. And Nimbus does things to impact the community. And they, they do things to give scholarships to students. They are, they are doing things in the schools here, and they have scholarship programs. In fact, when COVID hit and everything, their operations were shut down, they ran a scholarship fund to help students continue with the arts. And I was blown away by that vision because they had every right to say, like, our whole model has just been shut down. And as a church, we gave to that. We gave to that back in 2020. And so it was really, it was really fun. And during COVID, we developed a relationship with Nimbus, started recording services from here. And then our first in-person service of 2021 was on Easter, and we did it here. And that laid the groundwork to be here now as we are every Sunday. And I think that's great. And so it's awesome to be able to support them. So we are supported, 100% supported financially. I work full-time. And I'm so thankful for that. And we've been able to do that from the beginning. Um, but there's no outside funding or sources that's been done from the generosity of those who are with us now and those who have come before us. And we were started out of the incredible generosity of other churches. We were started out of a church in Hoboken. And they were started out of a church out in Bloomfield. And there's this legacy of so many thousands of people who have come and given and supported and so we have a, a strong financial structure. So from the beginning, from day one, this was all set in place. That it's important that we are good stewards of the money that you give. So we, it's important that it, it, is, it has been secure and structured. And so every year we set a budget. It's required that we do that. Our members have to approve it. And then I, I am submissive to that budget. We have trustees that review that. And so we set this. And, and for most of our time here, our budget has been about, with the money that has come in, about 80 to 85% of it just covers our operational needs because rent is very high. We're renting an office. We rent here on Sundays. Most businesses that are in an office, that's their rent. We have Sunday rent, and then we have children's curriculum. We have payroll. And so right now I'm the current, the only full-time person. We have other uh, administrative, like part-time roles that we do that are essential 
And so that's, that's typically over eight years, that's left about 15 to 20% for ministry. But we plan for that and we look ahead. And so our members approve. We have an accountant. We've had an accountant um, since about the first, my, the first about eight months, I was trying to do everything on my own. And uh, it was hard. And other people came in my life and said, you're crazy. And I was like, I, I, you're right. And I'm so thankful we started with an amazing account um, for the first about five, six years of our church. And we still have, our current account is really great. But she really helped us do well. And one of the things that's really fun is she says, you, are, you, run, you run better than almost any other organization that I support and help. And I love that. We set a budget. We set a plan. So when you give an abundance, we have a plan. I don't just start taking stuff off the top for myself. I'm not allowed to do that. That has to be approved. There has to be a change for that. And so that's a plan. If we have lower months, we, we, we are monthly seeing that and we can adjust. And we've had to do that. When Omicron hit, we, we really had to adjust. It was really interesting. And so... We, do a, we have a great financial team that does a great job of tracking this. And so we want to be wise. And that's important. We submit to God. And that's important for you to build trust for you. Um, the church hasn't always done a great job of that. And so you want to be able to give with confidence. Very few people um, have to actually touch and see our money. And you have to be at a high level of trust within our church family to be there. And so every single purchase that we make, every deposit that we do has to have a receipt. It's all accounted for. And we put redundancies there. So it's a good system. We use push pay uh, for you to give. Well, you can give in person. So there's blue giving boxes here. And we're not going to talk about it, but there's envelopes you can do. Every gift is tax deductible. And so you want to register that. That's good for you. And we keep the track of that in a secure system. We love using PushPay because PushPay is always on top of it. It's a little bit more expensive of a platform, but we love using them because they're secure and they're easy to use. So there's an app that you can use with your phone. Or you can just go on our website and give that way. That's why we use them. And we constantly get emails from people wanting to do other platforms. But it is one of the best ones. And so we know that when you're using your phone, it's the, the you know, top of the line systems. And so that's why we use PushPay. And we just say use it. We don't want to have any explanations except this. we just need to work. And it's great. And it does. And so that's why we do that. But you can give in person. You can give via check. Or you can give online. We've always been about 90% of our giving online. It's pretty fun. Uh, we were born online, essentially, uh, when it comes to that. So that's just really, really practical. That's like, wow, I didn't expect to hear those conversations that came to church today. But this is really important um, that you know that, that we care a lot about it. And this is what we've done since day one. When you give financially, you are supporting the mission of what we do here. And our mission is to help people find their way back to God. And we are going to pursue this mission whether you give financially or not. But if you do, it's helpful for you to know what happens when you do. And so it's good to know that when we give above that, I don't get inflated. We eventually make plans for that. Um, that builds trust. And I submit to this process, and this is what I designed when we started this church, for 
trust. That isn't always easy, but I'm extraordinarily grateful that I get to do this as my life's mission. I've been pursuing church in this city, in Jersey City, for 15 years now. It's why I'm here, and I haven't always been able to do this as a full-time job because of that, and I'm so grateful that I have and that I am now. I'm grateful for you more than you know, and and so I have other friends who are pastors in the New York City area that don't get to do this full time. And so I'm grateful. Uh, but when you give above this normal rate, we have a plan for that. And it allows us, the more that we grow as a church financially, what it happens over time is ministry is impacted. So we've held back on, on the ministry opportunities, our team opportunities in loving you. The more that we give, it, it turns into the impact for people. This structure, it fits into our vision. And our vision as a church is that, that the leaders equip you for ministry. And it's people-oriented. We have to work hard to not be about just protecting the organization. No, it's about ministry and you. And so when we give, it eventually, if we grow financially, it allows us to hire staff. And hire staff is about supporting you as people and leading you to engage in ministry. And so when we give, when you have a good structure like this, it is, it is people and ministry-oriented. As God has given to us, we give to him, and we lead others to this. And so it turns into impact. It turns into impact. And that's what this is all about, that we see this mission move forward. We serve. The heart of this is how we serve. And so the heart of Go Jersey City comes from this heart. They're both tied together. So, yeah, there's a practical side to this, but there is a mission and a reason. There's a mission. And this is what's so important for us to see about how God engages you. So I want you to see the reason behind this. This is about your heart. This is about experiencing joy, and it's about impact. It's about impact. In the past, when we've done Go Jersey City, it's, it's a fun a bit, and we work really hard to organize it. And so when you come to do a project, people outside the church, it's usually like 50-50. And this is a phenomenal event. And the heartbeat of this is that the church is doing this event that others outside the church want to be a part of. And that's happening. We have people all over our community that have been part of it or have heard about it. Are like, I want to do this. We have friends of ours that have been around us for years that are, are signing up for this event. And they're excited about it. That's kind of unusual for a church type of event. But a lot of it is because we've built trust with our city. We've loved them well. And when they participate, they're blown away by how well organized it is. And so they show up and we have a t-shirt for them. We have a free t-shirt that we give. And we have some snacks there. And then we walk to our project when they're downtown. Or we, we have these buses. And it's kind of like a fun little bus adventure just to another part of the city. So it, and, you, and you go and you serve. And you make this great impact. And we come back together for a free after party. And we celebrate. And we've seen people say, I, I think they're like, you, your church does this? At first they thought it was some random organization. And, and that we were just part of it. And so we've started to say, you know, we organize and fund it. It's all 100% funded by you. Your giving allows us to do this. And so generosity is tied to serving. It comes out of the same place in your heart of loving others. We live in a world that says we just, just love others. And then we're so baffled why we're so bad at it. Right? 
Because there's, there's a foundation that, that love comes out of. Generosity is tied to how great the Ozerta City event goes. What makes it unique? The hard to identify thing that people experience is the sacrifice from a God-centered quality that only comes from a heart that's freed up and generous. Serving and giving and belief really are all tied together. And this all comes from Christ. So we here, we, we're here and we sing songs that celebrate Jesus because of who he is and what he did. He is our savior and we live to glorify him. And he did all of this as an example to us. And we come to go. What we're saying is we're not in this for us. We're in this for you. Go is about those who are attending to love them and those that we serve, the organizations to love them. And this city, we love this city. I can volunteer for a day, but to give up my life for you, to serve you, whether you believe in God or not, whether you hate me or not, that can only come from God. To do that consistency, consistently, and that's what real love is. It is the example that Jesus gave us. Listen to these words from Jesus. This is found in John 15. In John 15, if you're ever wanting to just hear the words of Christ and, to, and learn about who he is, this is a great place to, to go. The whole book of John, honestly. Jesus says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. He says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And what's amazing is he gave up his life. In fact, he gave up his life for his enemies as well. He says, love each other as I have loved you. That's his original command. Well, that wasn't the first thing he said. It's, it's really interesting. What he started with was, was the statement of this, this picture, this beautiful picturesque teaching of him being a vine. You know, there, you know, wine was really big in that region. And Jesus' first miracle had to do with wine. And he made a lot of it. I don't know if you knew that. It's pretty cool. He made a lot of it, number one, and it was really good, number two. And I think that's a really cool God. And so, and then he has this analogy to I am the vine. And so he said, this is earlier in this conversation. He says this, this is found in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And there's a purpose in this, that if we remain in Christ, you will bear much fruit. And that speaks to great purpose, to great impact. It it speaks to a fulfilled life. And Jesus was always bringing people and calling them into a life that's full. And it's what you and I desire and long to experience. And so he says, I'm inviting you into this. And he's saying, abide in me, abide in me, because that's where you will find this life. He goes on to say this, 
This is in verse 9. He says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. This is a reflection of God. And he's part of the Trinity. God is one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he was an example of that to us that he obeyed the Father. And this is the recipe for us as well. He is, as a Father has loved me, so I have loved you. It's supposed to say, now remain in my love. It doesn't say no. <laughs> it's a typo. Probably, actually, definitely from me. <laughs> now, he says, now remain in now remain in my love. Now I have to, uh, now, re- now remain in my love. Did he just fix it? The guys are amazing upstairs. <laughs> Our production team, some of you who can't stand, like you have to have these details. You are so happy right now. You're like, oh, that was so satisfying. That was all so great. You're welcome. Good job. Our production team is somewhere in the building. It's amazing. So they're doing a great job. Um, I love that. Uh, it's, it's not AI, it's human. Okay. Um, I'm totally lost in my place. What, what's going on here? If you keep my commands, uh, you remain in my love. Just as, yeah, if you, let's keep going. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus never asked us to do anything that he didn't do himself. And he is God. Like, how crazy is that? And I love this. He says, I have told you this. And here's the purpose. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. He wants you to know. And he says and that your joy will be, may be complete. Complete. Filled up and full. He's experienced the incredible joy of what it means to be in the presence of God. And Jesus came and gave up his life so that we could experience that now. Your joy may be complete. And that comes from a a heart of sacrifice. Real love comes from that position. And that's how Jesus started with us. The scriptures say that he made himself nothing. He made himself like a slave and gave up his life for us. So that we might experience this. And he says that your joy may be complete. And it's out of that that he comes and he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. And this is what love is. And this is all tied together. This is how we love. And when we love, I go on Saturday, when we love, our hope is that we love you when you come here on Sunday, that we love well. That can only come from Christ. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I have to remind myself of that over and over again. But it's unique. And you need Christ to be this, you need to abide in him, to experience him loving you. And that's what's so beautiful, that he starts that and he's invited us in. He didn't come to condemn us, but he came to take that condemnation so that you could be forgiven and go to him and experience him. This is all tied together. Being generous with God it's not just like doing something because he asked us to do it. It's, it's, it's loving towards him. When you experience his love, you want to 
love him back. There's a scripture, you guys can put this up. And this is what Paul, the New Testament, when it talks about giving, this is what it says. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So when we give, it's not just financially. That's a part of it. It's just about who you are. It's, it's a reflection of how you've been loved by God. And you were invited into that relationship. And we're going to love you here no matter if you ever give or not. My heart for you is not to just for you to, to come and give financially. My heart for you is to find Christ and to experience him and the love that he is talking about. It's all tied together that we serve. We serve. And serving is the same. And so when you consistently engage with us, it goes towards ministry, investing in you, loving the city, this outward engagement, and helping people find their way back to God. That is our mission. I want to encourage you, if you've never given and you're a Christ follower, you should have a plan for how you give to the church that you love. This summer is coming, and we are all over the place. Like, we're taking trips. We've already started. And it's great. Like, and so it's really, our, their giving typically goes down this summer. I love for you to blow our trustees away and just defy the trends. And, but make a plan for being consistent this summer. Maybe you've never given before. And this might be a huge step of faith in trusting God. But start somewhere. But you should think about it. You have a plan for your vacation. You have a plan for coffee. I certainly have a plan for coffee. Uh, too much on Sundays. It's free. So I chug it. Thank you for generosity so I can chug Lackawanna. <laughs> you know, the Lackawanna story is another, like, they love working with us. They're like, can you give us our stickers? Like, you'll see our stickers randomly in their place next door. And one of our... Ashley here is the sole person that's responsible for that, developing a relationship and loving them. And we have this, I just love that. Like, they love, it's really fun to love them and vice versa. And yeah. So I just want to end with saying thank you because your giving has been greater than it ever has been in the history of our church this last year. And it makes me excited because it means that we have a plan and we can go for it. In fact, go to city this year, inflation hit everything. And we were able to go to our members and say, we need to, we need to double what we were planned. And everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. And that's exciting. And I'm so thankful for you. Your generosity is allowing us to, to just pull, go all in and pour it out. So thank you. I cannot wait. For the next half of this year, I cannot wait to love on Saturday and to love you. If you never give to us, you are under no obligation. We will still love you 100% because we've been loved by Christ and we've been sent. And I'm so thankful for the many of you that give of your time and all of those things. I cannot wait to serve this year and experience this together. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your, your gift.
the example that you gave, that you gave it all, more than we could ever understand. And you love to pour in and give to us now. Not that we'd be rich financially, that we would be complete in who we are. And I pray that we would know that heart for us. God, I thank you for the generosity of Downtown Community Church over the years and this year. I pray that we would love this city well this weekend. I pray for good weather, and I pray that we would throw a massive party because we have the biggest reason to celebrate in the world. We thank you and ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.